This is the Current Trends Podcast, Episode 2. We're going to dive into the Bakersfield data. Welcome. I'm your host, Gene Hacker. This podcast is about Kern County markets and economic trends with an emphasis on real estate. Let's get started. So this is the second episode of the Kern Trends podcast. I'm here with Sanjeev Advani. Sanjeev uh, is educated in finance. He has over six years of experience in real estate and three years spent working with investors, sales, and management companies. Sanjeev is a Bakersfield native and a certified pricing strategy advisor. So let's get right into it. We're uh, basically going to be focusing on the current state of the Bakersfield housing market. So Sanjeev, what have been the trends with home prices over the last few months here in Bakersfield? So Bakersfield actually has kind of seen a downturn in prices as far as, you know, for sale and sold. For example, for February 2018, we had an average for sale price of 281000 uh, where just back in, in January 2018, it was 283 And then um, actually the sold price dropped quite a bit. So in January, 224000 and in February, 198,000. That's a pretty good drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of that, I think, could be seasonal data. And as we talked about uh, in the past, there is a lag. I yeah. Mean, so, you know, even though these are newer numbers, right. there was probably these agreements were the handshake occurred months before. Right. So it would be kind of going into november december exactly yeah so that and that do you think that's pretty typical of a normal annual so a normal november pattern? december yeah if we look at let's say the the estimates for march i mean march we're supposed to have a much higher for sale price and uh we're actually going to have slightly higher uh sold prices okay so it's looking so, like we're yeah, coming out of that seasonal are, pattern back yeah. into like yeah, what we are seeing though is we are seeing the for sale price be much, the gap be much bigger than you know the sold prices. So between asking and sold, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you know whatever you list it for, you're getting much less as of right now than you were a month ago. Okay. But the trends on the estimate numbers are already showing that that's going to come back. And that's that's across the board. You think in high end, low end, so kind of seeing that. I mean in. The way that we kind of measure that is like months of inventory, absorption rate. So like months of inventory, if we look at that, generally you're you're in a seller's market if you have less than three months of inventory. Um, and right now, based on our closed inventory, so houses that have actually sold, we have, as of January, 3.2 months of inventory left, which is up from December, which was 2.5 months of inventory uh, but if we look at February's numbers, we're at 3.3. So we do have a little bit more of closed inventory. And a year ago, we were at 3.4 months. So, I mean, we're all kind of hovering around the same place in a slight seller's market. And if you look at the pending inventory, that's kind of where things change. You're in a pretty heavy seller's market with uh, inventory less than two at, at 1.9 months as compared to last year at this time, which was 2.3 months. Oh, so it's better than than a year ago. Well, yeah, you have a lower inventory than a year ago. That's, yeah, yeah. So much, much more deep sellers market. <laughs> yeah. 
and I mean, generally, sales and inventory will are kind of a leading indicator for for what's going to be happening with price. Right. So. Well, and the interesting thing that I saw was just kind of. I went back to the 06 where I kind of looked at what was our peak. So in April of 2006, our peak was a 358000 for sale price average. Wow. So if you put your house for sale, on average, your price house would be priced at 358000 Now looking at a couple months later, in June of 06, we had the highest actual sold price average at 321000 so based on those numbers from 06 at our peaks all the way to today, right now we're sitting at about 78.5% of the 06 highs and about 62% of the uh, 06 highs for the sold prices. So there's still a long way to go yeah. to get back up to the previous highs yes, where we're... most of California has exceeded those mm-hmm. numbers at this point. Yeah. So from what you've seen, what kept bakersfield from getting back to the same place like to the hot to the highs of the past cycle like most of the other areas in california i mean there's kind of a lot of factors in that if you look at something like la they're bound by buildable area uh which kern county bakersfield is not there's definitely a lot of available land to build in every direction exactly and so we have that you know which is kind of keeping the prices from shooting up but then also we had the double hit so bakersfield was known for agriculture and oil both got hit at the same time and so you really didn't see that comeback yeah i i remember i talked with a forest service timber manager and Mm -hmm. he said that that the drought the big drought which ended about a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. was the worst drought in in well over a thousand years wow yeah and for for a five-year drought for like the extent how long that drought i mean it was it was not like a three or four hundred year drought, which I'd heard in the paper, he said it was more like over a thousand years. We and they have tree ring data to to show that that wow. was an exceptional drought, and it had I think it hit a lot of areas of Kern County. I know the Kern River Valley, being based on lake and river recreation, got hit really hard by that drought. Definitely. And then oil, of course, everybody knows that oil had yeah. a pretty rough go. And and I'm I'm at the understanding now that I mean, well, we know that oil bounced around below. I think below 30. Yeah. And then now it's it's holding fairly steady now Around for 60. a little over 60 now for yeah. a while. And then it looks like even if the oil was to dip again, my understanding is that a lot of the the pain like has already been yeah. done. Like they got they they did a lot of layoffs right. and they're running pretty lean and if there was another dip, they probably probably wouldn't be as bad for Bakersfield as it was in the past. Is that what you're hearing also? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, oil companies the owners that we know are definitely running as lean as possible. You know, everybody's just kind of prepping to see where these oil prices go, what's going to happen, you know, with, with trade and everything over the next couple couple months. With that being said, yeah, I think, you know, the oil companies are being pretty are going to be pretty stable. I also looked into some agriculture data. So oil year over year is up, which we know ag uh, profits are actually up year over year. So what the farmers are receiving is actually a higher as a percentage versus the extra that they have to pay, which is also, you know, higher as a percentage. So we're seeing good things in ag, we're seeing good things in oil, and then we also have, you know, the transportation that we're trying to open up now. So I think that's going to really increase 
what Bakersfield has for potential. And you're talking about, like, are you talking about commuter transportation, like the bullet train? Or are we talking more about logistics and shipping? So we're talking about all of those, actually. Uh, from a transportation perspective, logistics and shipping perspective, uh, we can reach 80-plus percent of California's population within four hours of drive time of Bakersfield. And so that's really set up a lot of big distribution companies for, okay, well, if I can, you know, reach this many people, why not go into that area? So we're seeing Ikea hop up with their distribution center, uh, Ross, John Deere, Target, people like that are all coming and building these distribution centers. So with that comes the supply chain jobs, right? And the supply chain jobs tend to be a little bit higher paying than normal jobs. So that's going to kind of bring in extra salary for, you know, housing prices, things like that. And on top of that, you know, if we look at the personal side, I guess, of the real estate market, we have the high-speed rail coming, which by 2025, Bakersfield should be connected up to San Francisco, according to the current plan. And then from there, starting in 2025, the next phase would be to connect Bakersfield down to Anaheim. That's a really interesting topic, in my opinion, because I would imagine there's two proposed train stations for Bakersfield for the high-speed rail, and they're both in pretty low-end areas, like pretty affordable areas. And I feel like if that actually happened, it would be guaranteed gentrification of those neighborhoods. Pretty pretty huge upside to the point where my personal investment strategy is to wait to see what the next governor for California election Mm -hmm. leads to. And I think that's going to be a, a big topic for 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 the governor uh, governorship race. Yeah. Um, and and I think there's a chance that it's not going to happen after yeah. that race. Right. But if it does, um, I am thinking about kind of you know doing some exchanges into those yeah. neighborhoods, and they're they're pretty rough neighborhoods right yeah. now. But if you could have, you know. Th- if someone could ride their fixie down to the train station and be in LA or, you know, hit the Bay area. Right. I, I definitely think there's those, those values in those areas would go up dramatically. This the convenience would be in those neighborhoods would, would get transformed instantly just, and there is two. So there's, it's not, you know, that's, I know they're kind of coming to a decision on that eventually on which right. the location. And, and there's a lot of what ifs when it comes to that bullet train, but it's, yeah. it, as far as all the different areas in California that will probably benefit from the bullet train, it's Bakersfield. I yeah. mean, like the, a couple other Central Valley areas are probably going to benefit right. like we will. But this area is just so poised to benefit. And, and, you know, and at the expense of the state, I see a lot of taxpayers around the state that aren't super supportive of it. Right. Um, but for a Bakersfield investor, it's 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 huge. It's huge. <laughs> and it's kind of like a. A black swan big event out there that really couldn't do anything. I can't see a negative. They right. could only see positives as far as values for, for Kern County. Well, yeah, as far as value, I think you have that. But really, I think the uh, value to be added by the high-speed rail isn't necessarily the track from Bakersfield up to the Bay. It's more so the track from Bakersfield down to Anaheim. Absolutely. It's the... I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it would be a morning commute for, yeah. for people. They'd yeah. be able to live here right. at a fraction of the cost of Southern California and jump right. on a train. And then when you're on a train, you're doing work. You're not right. sitting there driving. You can, you know, or stare at your cell phone, but yeah, whatever. And what's nice, you, do. you know, what's nice is also with the high speed rail, 
the projections right now are that Bakersfield's population would close to triple. Really? Within, triple? Yeah. Within Holy five to ten years of the actual rail being done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, not too hard to draw a, a line from that to meaning higher exactly. you know, property values for existing real estate. Yeah, and I was looking into actually, you know, it's just something interesting is if you look at salaries in Los Angeles proper, which, you know, rents out there 2000 3000 easy. Yeah. Um, you don't see the salary increase that you would over a Bakersfield. So, for example... You know, Bakersfield, you can live a very comfortable life living in a two hundred dollars to $300,000 house, um, making $60,000 a year. Yes. Uh, but if you're in L.A., the same exact position that you work oftentimes will give you the same exact salary, maybe a little bit of a bump. So, for example, in the banking sector, a job that you would get paid 60000 a year for will probably pay you seventy to 75000 in L.A., but the cost of living is more than, you know, $1,000 a month extra Dramatically to more. something like that. So sure. you're taking essentially a pay cut. Whereas if you could hop on a train in an hour, you know, why wouldn't you come and enjoy the expanded version of your salary? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Surprisingly, I've actually met doctors that were paid higher mm -hmm. than coastal areas in California yeah. because there's a shortage in Bakersfield. So um, so they actually got both sides. They, yeah. they were able to buy large acreage with massive houses yeah. for a fraction of what they would have cost in the Southern California area. And they actually experienced a pay increase yeah. because of the hospitals were trying to attract them here. Right. And, um, well, and when, I, when I've done homework, I've seen that um, medical is actually the fastest growing yeah. part of the, our local economy. Oh, yeah. Medical has been huge. Medical office has been coming up quite a bit. And another thing to look at, you know, just kind of a behind the scenes for the, the medical side, what happens is, you know, you have a national medical employer, let's say, and if that person would like to stay in an L.A. or a San Diego or something like that, they will pay you the same exact salary. So to attract if, you here. For example, let's say that your starting salary is a quarter mil if you're in L.A. or in San Diego. Well, here in Bakersfield, they'll pay you that same quarter million. And often they'll give you large signing bonuses, six-figure signing bonuses just to move here. But then you also have people that don't want to move here because you've gone through medical school. You've got all this debt. You want to live the life of a doctor, not of, you know, someone that lives in Bakersfield, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever that may be. <laughs> well, we, we talked in the, the first podcast, you know, we went over not just the all the benefits of being here, but also yeah. some of them. And one of the big things is it's hot and right. air quality. Those are two of the biggest, you know, concerns right. people have. And especially someone in the healthcare profession. I mean, exactly. you know, the, the air quality is probably a pretty big thing for them. Definitely. So let's, let's go into a little bit more about the inventory levels because there's it, uh, inventory levels, absorption rate, mm -hmm. everything along those lines really is a leading indicator to what, we, what we're probably going to see happen when it comes to, future prices right so do you have any do you have any information about additional uh, just dive in a little deeper on yeah, those definitely so basically what we did was you know we looked at like we said before the 06 highs versus you know today's prices uh, another thing that we looked into was back in 06 actually the inventory high was 5,494 listings on the market at one time wow 
Uh, today, you're sitting at about 1,475. So that was the writing on the wall. That yeah. was the inventory <laughs> all coming on. Sales yeah. are slowing down. Right. And pretty much the giant red flag that uh, prices are about to to fall dramatically. Right. So when it when you look at numbers like that, where we're at one-fifth, one-fourth? One-fourth. One-fourth yeah. where we were. Right. I mean, that there's just... It leads you to believe that we're, we're not going to be looking at any sort of price decreases anytime soon. No. Um, I, I mean, with that low of exactly. uh, inventory, it's it seems like there's probably unfilled demand there. Yeah, and, and to be fair, our inventory is lower than it should be, slightly. Um, what do you mean by that? So, for example, you know, to be in a neutral market, not a seller, not a buyer's market, we have we need three to six months of inventory on the market to kind of stabilize. And right now, we're pushing the three mark. On the pending side, we're well below three on two months of inventory. On the closed side, we're at 3.3 months of inventory. So and that, that could actually be hard on the real estate market, and especially agents, because yeah. people aren't finding the, the home deal, that really yeah. fits them, right? right? Like they're having a hard time finding what they really want. Right. And for investors, I mean, it's even more so because the, the deal that you want you know, is being hunted by more people with the internet and the popular, you know, the popularity of real estate investing now. And on top of that, you're having inventory crunches. So it's even harder to find. Plus people are, can now explain, okay, I can afford to put my house up for 20,000 more than it should be because I mean, there's nothing else to buy. You know, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know that you've got the product people want. Yeah. So let's let's go into that a little bit by market segment. Like, let's say okay. I, I would imagine that from what I've seen um, and just talking to people, kind of anecdotally, mm-hmm. that over three hundred thousand, like kind of the higher end right. real estate, like the nicer homes and the nicer communities. Right. That that is not the hot spot in the market. Like those those sale little higher inventory and probably things don't move quite as fast. Is that so fair? I actually I actually looked into this and I mean right now it's pretty clear under three hundred thousand you put it on the market, it's pretty much gonna get snapped up. You can't be too crazy about the pricing, but you can get a little bit more than you should. Uh, now above three hundred thousand, what's interesting to me right now is the numbers say we are in a neutral market. Okay. Above three hundred thousand. Now, take into account that three hundred thousand plus, right? So two million, three million dollar properties are included in this. And but what we are doing is we are leaning towards the buyer side. So you do, as a buyer, have a little bit more leeway to say, okay, this is what I would like to pay. But we are still in a neutral market. And then as far as if you want to break it up, single family versus multifamily versus commercial. Uh, you know, the single families are actually seeing a, a tighter seller's market than the multifamily. And that's specifically under the $300,000 mark. So multifamily is, is hotter? So multifamily actually is more of a neutral market than the single family market oh, okay. right now. Yeah. So let's get into multifamily a little bit. It, it Bakersfield's always kind of had a reputation for being a cash flow market, mm-hmm. but not super far from from air, other cities and metropolitan areas where right. people can actually drive to see their property. I talked about that in the first podcast, that Bakersfield um, is one of the few cash flow markets that's driving distance from LA, Bay Area. Mm-hmm. You can go visit your property without having to get on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the 
one of the best, I would say overall, Kern County has got to have some of the best cash flow in California. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, I was reading a study a couple weeks ago that was that ranked the top cash flowing cities in California, and we were number two. I believe their Stockton was the one that beat us out, or huh. somewhere around Stockton was the one that beat us out. That being said, I would still bet on Bakersfield. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and mostly with the the reason why I kind of say that is, well, first of all, we have. Three of the largest developments starting this year, 2018. Developments in, in... Three of the largest commercial developments. So we have East Hills Mall. East Hills Mall just got slated to be changed into a somewhat outdoor, live-work-play type scenario. Um, so we're taking that big box that was just a dilapidated mall, turning it into something where people are actually going to want to be there. Now, what's interesting, on a side note, is... The, the part of town where the East Hills Mall is not necessarily the highest income, the best neighborhood. So really, we're talking about gentrification. I think gentrification could happen right there. Really? And I am seeing, you know, with the investors that we work with, people moving into that area, getting very good deals. Just within the past six months or so, we've closed two deals where... We have an extra twenty thousand dollars in equity, and we're still cash flowing on the property. Wow, you know, and those so are resi- those are residential. Those are residential, family. right? Okay, and I've seen I've seen new businesses opening up there mm-hmm. uh, in the last year. There's been right. There's been growth in that area. Yeah, the problem is you're not seeing the growth leak out into the community. Okay, so for example, the hundred and sixty thousand dollar house is still a hundred and sixty thousand dollar house. It. And it's still old, and it still needs. But that's to be repaired. the first place <laughs> that you would. That's the first commerce that you would reach if you're yeah. in the higher end neighborhoods that are just past that. Right. Going um, to east. Right. You, 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 there's some of the higher end neighborhoods out there, and yeah, and yeah if they're coming into town, that's their that's first their spot. Yeah, that's their first grocery stores exactly. and, and large stores. So, is it? It's got to be being carried by some of that. Yeah. Because there's growth out there. Yeah, and what I'd really like to see over time is to bring that area back because it did used to be. A high-end neighborhood, right? Back 20, 30, 40 years ago, this was a nice neighborhood established with good schools and high property values. Got it, yeah. And over time, it's gone down. So what I'd like to see is, you know, East Hills Mall, when it comes in, we can start renovating that whole area. Yeah, that'd be cool. And you've got Bakersfield College in proximity, so that increases. You've got hospital in proximity, so that increases. You know, and so you have a lot of good qualifying factors to be able to bring property value up in that area. That's just one side of town now. Also, okay. So, what are what are some of the other development stories? So, the other, the biggest one that we know about right now that's been going back and forth for over a decade is Bakersfield Commons. So, Bakersfield Commons is on the corner of Rosedale and Coffee, and it goes to the west side. Okay. So, it used to be that PG&E plant that got turned uh, torn down. Yes. They're doing the same thing. Live, work, play. We had one of the largest U.S. developers come in and actually partner on that project with the uh, in-town people. They're going to be using people from in-town to actually build this project as well, which, you know, that's going to add a lot to the jobs. 
but yeah, it's been a it's been a project for the past ten years. It, they said yes, then they said no. Now we finally have a true yes, and really? moving forward. Yeah. Okay, is there any announcement on like when they're going to be breaking ground? And so phase one is supposed to break ground sometime this year or next year. Wow! And basically, what they're going to do it's going it's going to have everything right. So they're bringing top golf type scenario right wow. where you have the multi level driving range, uh, new theater. Uh, we're going to have apartments. We're going to have single family residence. And so it's going to really increase the value of an already increasing Northwest Bakersfield. For sure. And so, you know, if, you, if you're looking for cash flow, maybe not the best part of town, sure. right? Uh, prices are very high. Rents are not where they need to be to, to give you the return that you want. But from an appreciation perspective, I think that would be somewhere to go. That area might get even pushed higher. Yeah, exactly. And then you also have Crown Point Plaza, which is right across the street. That's a high-end medical development that they're filling. There's some new construction down on Brimhall and Callaway that's coming up that's going to be medical you know, office space as well. So we're bringing in tenants who are willing to pay higher rents, keeping the area nicely and bringing in top quality products. So I think over the long term, maybe not the two to three year horizon, but the five, 10, 20 year horizon, that looks very good. Interesting. Yeah. And that's all very Bakersfield specific. Very Bakersfield. Yeah, because you start getting out to um, Tahone Ranch, or, right. you know, the base of the Tahone Ranch, uh, right. they're, they're doing a pretty, they're doing a lot of yeah. major development out there, and I've heard they're even going to have a housing component eventually. Yeah. So, I actually, on that, I was talking to a couple people that do work at Tahone Ranch, and that was their next thing was, okay, we're going to bring housing development to Tejon Ranch. You know, we're going to be expanding the commercial and the industrial sector. Right now they have a couple million plus square foot warehouses that are being spec built. Wow. Which means nobody has signed a lease on that building. Really? But developers are building it. If we build buildings. it, they'll come. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Wow. And that's the thought process. Yeah. And it, it, I, I stopped there like anyone that... Mm-hmm. Lives in Kern County, kind of one of the places you get off and yeah. get gas and go to In and Out and whatnot. Right. And I think right now a lot of those people commute pretty far to work out yeah. there. It's, yeah. I mean, there's a there's an outlet mall and yep. and a lot of jobs. And I think that, I mean it's got to be 20 minutes to the nearest yeah. residential neighborhood. Yeah. Oh That's yeah. Of any size, anyway. Right. And yeah. the nice thing though is in that in that area you have people from Lamont coming, not just Bakersfield, That's right. surrounding areas. Places that definitely could use extra jobs. Yeah, solid jobs yeah. and reliable pay. All right. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you? So to get a hold of me, best thing I guess would be we have the website, uh, which is www.re-synergy.com. We have my direct line, which is 661-770-7382 if you want to talk to me directly. And then we also have all of our social media. So we do Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, you know, everything. Sure. And our handle on that is uh, Your Realtor Sunny. So at Your Realtor Sunny. All right. Well, thanks again, Sonny. This is, uh, this is Gene Hacker, and we're signing off. This podcast is sponsored by the Bakersfield Real Estate Investors Meetup Group. As the old saying goes, your net worth is in your network. This is your chance to meet other investors and learn 
what others in our community are seeing and doing. This event is free. There are no speakers or aggressive salesmen pushing training material. We just ask that you plan on ordering food and drinks from the venue that hosts the meetup. This is perfect for experienced investors and new investors alike, or even if you're just interested in learning more about investing in Kern County and specifically Bakersfield. For more information, visit kerntrends.com forward slash meetup. Hope to see you there.